Hi, everyone. I'm Matt Lachlan, along with Chris Westcott. Welcome to the official Devils Pausecast. We certainly hope that everyone is doing well and doing their best to stay safe and healthy and getting through this time of a lifetime. Really, we just cannot believe what's taken place around the world and in our country, in our backyard, and we're all trying to deal with it. We are very pleased to have with us Devils defenseman Dakota Mermis. Dakota, thanks very much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. So you are back home in Illinois. How are things with you and your family? And what's been the biggest challenge that you've had to face? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, things are, you know, as well as they can be, I guess, you know, for us personally, it's uh, once we got home, obviously it was a kind of an abrupt stop to the season there. But, um, you know, it's been nice to be back here, you know, throughout all this, uh, you know, things are just moving that, uh, you know, significantly slower pace for us. But uh, as far as health and everything, we can't complain. Well, that is the most important thing, of course. So just take us through, um, we've kind of asked our guests during this podcast to kind of take us through that that last Thursday, Devils are about to take on Carolina. We know the NBA has shut down the night before. Shortly after what would have been a morning skate, we find out that the NHL is following suit. So just kind of take us through the, the couple of days, the couple of hours there, then into your move back home. Yeah, it was uh, you know, definitely a crazy time there, especially for us, you know, having stuff in Binghamton and, uh, you know, and in Jersey, we were kind of split there. But, um, you know, once we you know, found out the league was canceled, I think initially no one really knew whether, you know, guys were going to go home or stay or, you know, what that was going to kind of look like. So uh, we were staying, you stayed in Jersey for about a week until, you know, we kind of got word that it's going to be a longer, you know, a longer event here. So, um, you know, we went back to Binghamton to, to close up some loose ends there and then made the, you know, the drive back to, to our home here just outside of St. Louis. So um, that was a weird time, you know, definitely a lot of uncertainty and, um, you know, just from, you know, day to day and, and even hour to hour things developed and changed so much. So, um, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, nice that it's kind of settled down as far as, uh, you know, having, having a plan, you know, as far as what your next, you know, 24 hours looks like. From a, from a personal perspective, that must have been even worse for you. You were gaining momentum. You had three points in your last three games. You had just scored your first NHL goal. You're playing really well. The team's playing really well. You guys are racking up points and some wins. I mean, what's going through your head at that point from a team and personal perspective? Yeah, I mean, I think from a team perspective, we were, you know, really happy with kind of how things were going as of late. And, um, you know, for me, certainly, you know, having been a part of that, uh, you know, seeing things go in the right direction. And then, you know, from an individual basis, being able to kind of, you know, get good minutes in the NHL and, and show my, you know, my value. I, you know, it's something I, you know, talked about with others before that, you know, certainly it's been a bit of a longer path for me. And, um, you know, I really was enjoying my opportunity and, and significant ice time and playing time. And, um, you know, felt like I was really being able to contribute well and was, was gaining steam. So, um, you know, certainly the timing, you know, for myself, you know, couldn't have been worse uh, as far as that goes, but obviously for, you know, an understandable reason. Take us back to that first NHL goal. I a long time coming for you. Your path to development took some time, like you said. You finally get there. You get that moment. You know, just take us through that. Yeah, that was exciting, um, you know, especially, you know, it was against St. Louis. So, you know, it was my hometown team growing up and, um, you know, know a little bit of the staff over there and, um, you know, obviously pretty familiar with the players and, and the, you know, the hype that they had, you know, after last season in my hometown. So, um, that was exciting. You know, my wife was there. My in-laws happened to be in town that weekend. And, um, you know, just to kind of get that one off my back and, uh, you know, be able to contribute. I mean, that's that's the dream. You dream of scoring goals in the NHL and, and contributing to, to win. So in the NHL. So that was 
you know, really, really exciting for me. And, um, you know, it was a really good moment for my family as well. You kind of mentioned knowing some of the staff there and everything. I, I, I know Patrick Maroon a little bit. I worked together with him in Edmonton. Um, every time I talked to him about the St. Louis Hockey Network, he talked about how it was like a family. It's very tight knit, very close. Can you talk a little bit more about that St. Louis hockey and Illinois hockey uh, roots that you have? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, just St. Louis hockey as a whole has grown so much, uh, you know, certainly from when Pat was coming up and then, uh, you know, definitely even since I've come up, um, you know, you see more and more players from each age group growing. And um, it's definitely a close group just because it's not as big. I mean, it's certainly growing, but uh, it's a little bit smaller um, as far as the number of guys. So, uh, you know, it's good. It's good in the summers. There's, uh, you know, a good group of guys that come back. There, there's always good uh, you know, good skates and good workout groups and that type of stuff. So it's a, it's a great uh, sports city and, and certainly, a, you know, a great hockey city as well. But there might be something else, no? And, and the reason I ask that is wherever hockey goes, popularity follows and you see players coming from those areas as they realize they can play and rinks get put up, et cetera, et cetera. But there's something about St. Louis. Like a couple of years ago, they – dominated the first round like there are a lot of guys in the St. Louis area who were drafted and I'm just wondering what makes it special in St. Louis is it the fact that it's been there the team's been there for 50 years and there's no pro basketball team the baseball team certainly is in the uh in the community but you know football's come and now it's gone and it's just really the Blues and the St. Louis Cardinals baseball team does that have an effect yeah, I think so a little bit. I mean, I certainly, you know, with the Rams leaving, there was a lot of, uh, you know, angry people as far as, you know, losing football. But, um, you know, with the way hockey, I mean, St. Louis has always been a you know great baseball city with the Cardinals and, and what they've been able to do over the years. And, um, you know, and St. Louis has had a lot of good hockey teams, too. And then obviously the Stanley Cup last year was the, the icing on the cake for the fans. So, yeah, I just think over time, more and more people have, have you know, started to back the hockey and the baseball and, and with football leaving it just, uh, you know, prioritize those two sports even more. Um, and it's been, you know, great for the growth of hockey. Well, I, I know I was privileged uh, to have spoken with Yogi Berra on a number of occasions. And Yogi was a great Devils fan, a neighbor of the first donor, John McMullen. But he was a hockey fan because even before the Blues came on the scene, I mean, there was hockey in St. Louis, the St. Louis Eagles and other teams. There, there, it's seemingly there has been a professional team in St. Louis for coming up on 100 years. So the history goes beyond the St. Louis Blues, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. There's been a number of different minor league teams. I know when I was growing up, there was, uh, I think they might have played in the United Hockey League. There was the River Otters. Uh, that played out of St. Charles, just another suburb. And, um, you know, different teams have come and gone. And, and you know, some uh, North American Hockey League teams, I think, played. And, and I think we even had a USHL team for, for one year, maybe. So, um, yeah, different hockey's come and gone. But, uh, you know, it's definitely all, all played into the growth and excitement around hockey. Who were, who were your guys growing up? Who were, who were your idols? Uh, man, there was, there was a lot of them. I think, uh, you know, early, the early days, even though I, you know, I wouldn't compare my game <laughs> to them would be, you know, of course, like Al McKinnis and Chris Pronger. Uh, and then, of course, you know, guys that are still playing that were, you know, as I was a little bit older in my teens, it would be like, you know, TJ Oshie and, uh, you know, guys like that, that, you know, were exciting young players coming in for the Blues. So uh, there's been a lot of, a lot of great players. And, um, you know, we, I've, you know, certainly enjoyed growing up with, uh, with the Blues and, and their exciting hockey. You know, some of our New Jersey Devils fans that are listening to this podcast, they've probably never been, you know, west of Newark or who knows. I, you know, just 
as a guy that's at now least to the Delaware River. Okay, I'll concede that. But me personally, I've, I've been blessed. I've lived, I lived in Chicago. I've lived in Western Canada and now living in Jersey, which I love, by the way. What is the Midwest like for someone who's never been there? Just give me something about the culture, the atmosphere, anything living in the Midwest in Illinois that maybe New Jerseyans wouldn't understand or know about. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think, uh, you know, as far as where I'm at in the Midwest, I think, you know, obviously it can vary depending on where you're at, you know, Chicago versus, uh, you know, a bit more out in the country. So uh, where we're at is uh, it's definitely not as dense uh, population wise. And um, I would say things move a little bit slower and there's a lot more, uh, you know, just people working outside and working on the farm as far as what I can tell. Um, you know, I'm still learning about the, the life out on the east there, but um, you know, it, it's fun. It's a good place. The summers get uh, pretty humid where we're at, nice and hot, but uh, certainly the heat is something I enjoy. Transitioning now, I have to ask you about this video that was floating around on Binghamton's Twitter with <laughs> the dogs on the ice, and you command one of them, and I think they're Australian Shepherds, correct me if I'm wrong. But they one are, of them uh, they're both Border Collies, actually. Or Border, border yeah. Collies, okay. So one of them, while you're on the ice, jumps on your back without even a verbal command. What is this witchcraft? Tell us about your dogs. <laughs> yeah, so we, we have two Border Collies. That's uh, the one that you saw doing most of the tricks there. That was, uh, that's Kaiser, and he's three years old. And then our, uh, our other one's one-year-old. Uh, so he's still just a pup, and that's Charlie. So, um, yeah, our, our older uh, Kaiser there, he, we've done a lot of different trick training with him. And um, he's pretty dialed in. He'll do just about anything for a Frisbee or a good game of fetch. So, uh, we, we have a lot of fun with them. Charlie's still, uh, you know, getting through the puppy stages and, and learning some new stuff. So he'll get there eventually. But uh, no, we, we have a lot of fun with them. They, they certainly, uh, you know, bring a lot of joy to our lives. And, and uh, you know, they're pretty go with the flow with all the craziness around the hockey lifestyle. They just come along for the ride and, uh, you know, love getting on the ice and having some fun. <laughs> Who was, whose dog was the confused golden doodle that was kind of hanging around the other two? Oh, that's, uh, that's shady. That's Ryan Schmelzer's, uh, puppet. Hey, no, he's great. The, uh, the, the guys, the R2 our, our love, uh, love playing with them. We get, we got them together quite a bit throughout the year and they had a blast. So, uh, he's a good dog too. Did you, did you, you always grow up with border collies? Because they're a dog that needs a lot of work and energy and they constantly have to be, you know, uh, played with and, and have stuff to do. Yeah, I didn't grow up with Border Collies. These are the first two we've had. We had Australian Shepherds, which, as you know, are, are pretty similar. They're kind of like the cousin dog to the Border Collie. But uh, that's what, when, we, when we started looking at dogs, we, we wanted something that was pretty high energy and that, you know, was, uh, you know, a good size, though, too, that they could do anything that, you know, a big dog can do with the athleticism. But, uh, you know, we're pretty good for traveling and moving around as well. So uh, it's good, though. You know, we, we really love it because it keeps us active, keeps us going. And, um, you know, like I say, we can bring them anywhere. And we pretty much do as long as they uh, – are allowed to go, you know, we pretty much throw them in the car and bring them with us. <laughs> well, they have to get used to traveling. That is the hockey life for sure. Uh, maybe not necessarily on the professional level. You set some roots and, and you can stay a while. But honestly, right from the get-go, you've been moving around a lot, whether it's to Lincoln in the USHL, uh, Green Bay, uh, the Gamblers, out to the University of Denver, then you're at London for a little bit and Oshawa. Have you really added up maybe how many miles or how many homes you've lived in since you were old 16? Oh my gosh, it's crazy. It's more than you can count quickly. That's for sure. Um, you know, while you're in the midst of it, you don't necessarily realize it. And then once things slow down, you're like, holy cow, you start, you know, you start talking about memories in different places and, and you know, you're just jumping from city to city to city to city. And, um, you know, it's definitely, <laughs> 
it's crazy to look back on. It's been a, it's been a wild ride to, to get where I am and, um, you know, different sacrifices and, and tough decisions along the way to, to end up here. It's, it's fun. We've met a lot of great people throughout it, though, of course, and, um, you know, grateful for, you know, all the memories that we have with it. In Green Bay, you won a Clark Cup, did you not? Yeah, that's correct, yeah. Yeah, that's the championship. Who were some of the guys on that team, and what memories do you take from that? Yeah, we had a great team that year. We had uh, uh, Derek uh, Lalone, who's an assistant in Tampa, was our, was our head coach there. And um, we had some guys that have uh, you know been in and out of the NHL, Andy Walensky and Jordan Schmaltz and Alex Broadhurst and, uh, you know, a list of different guys, um, you know, from that, from that team that, you know, really, we, we just had a solid all-around team that, you know, we, I think we set some records in the USHL that year. And, uh, you know, one of the coolest things that we did that year is we, we never lost two games in a row throughout the whole season. So, uh, you know, it was such a fun year. And, uh, you know, to, to get my, I guess, my first championship, uh, you know, in junior hockey was, was pretty exciting. And Green Bay was such a fun place to play. Do, do you get a mini, a replica of the cup? And is it somewhere in your house along with that first score sheet and first goal? Uh, no, definitely. We don't get a replica. I think, really? you know, I think they changed the Clark Cup a little bit at the time, but at the time it was this massive wooden uh, wooden trophy that really was kind of hard to lift by yourself because it was so, so long. So uh, I think they've shortened it since, but um, no, certainly just, just mostly the memories with that one. I always like to ask when we have people on the podcast, Devils fans, they know who you are as a player. They can read your stat sheet. They can see hockey reference. Outside of being a dog whisperer, what are some of the things off the ice that make up Dakota Mermis? Yeah, I think just a lot of, uh, you know, when we're home, we like, you know, being outside. And, um, you know, like I said, like you say, the, the dogs are a big part of, uh, you know, as far as what we do outside of hockey. It's just kind of a hobby. And uh, we like to go outdoors and, you know, do some hiking. And, uh, you know, a big part of the summer is getting out on different lakes and bringing our paddle boards out and uh, cruising around the lakes and just hanging out. Um, that's a big part of what we do. Play a little bit of golf, of course. And, um, you know, just uh, enjoy enjoy the heat and enjoy the summers. What's your favorite? What's been your favorite hike so far? Your favorite lake to visit, mountain, anything? Uh, so we, uh, when I was playing out in Arizona, my brother and sister in law came out, and, and my wife and I went up to uh, uh, Lake. Uh, oh my gosh, what's the name? Of the lake Lake Powell up in uh, in northern Arizona, kind of. Um, it's it was beautiful. Uh, different canyons and. Um, you know, blue water, and we took the paddle boards out there. It was a bit of a windy day, which made it a bit of more of a workout. But um, that's been, you know, one of the highlights as far as getting out on the lake. You drop a line in the water when you're out there, much of a fisherman? Uh, I'm not as much. My brother's a big outdoorsman, so uh, he, he definitely likes to do the fishing. We didn't, didn't while we were there, but uh, he took me out, uh, you know, in southern Missouri last summer. We did some trout fishing with, uh, with the fly fly rods so um that was a learning experience i uh, i think i went zero for zero on catching fish that weekend but uh it was still fun to kind of learn and be out on the water and, and just be outside you look good doing it though i'm sure yeah yeah i mean i'm sure uh not as good as you know if it was just solo on me next to the other guys i didn't look as good but if it was just on me it didn't look as bad your brother's older than you is he not yeah he's four years older than me yeah and he preceded you in hockey did you kind of tell along is that how you kind of got involved in the sport yeah, I think that's definitely a big part of it. My, uh, you know, my dad had a big passion for hockey. You know, he grew up in, uh, he grew up in a lot of different areas, but uh, where he picked up love for hockey was my, my dad lived in Boston through middle school uh, when the Bruins and Bobby Orr were big. So he had this, uh, you know, big passion for hockey, and then my brother, uh, you know, picked it up. And certainly, I was, you know, the young rink rat getting drugged all the rinks, and um, you know, a big part of, you know, what 
uh, transpired for me was just wanting to do what my brother did. And, uh, you know, he was left-handed, so the left-handed six were laying around. So I picked up the left-handed six and that's, you know, the end of the story is trying to, you know, trying to catch him and, and, you know, certainly he helped, you know, push me along the way. You played with him a little bit at the University of Denver, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, he was a uh, junior there when I was a freshman, so that was, uh, you know, certainly fun for for myself, uh, him and my family. We kind of a unique circumstance, and uh, it was, you know, it was fun to be there together. Outside of your brother, who's been one of your most favorite teammates, past or present, that you've had a chance to play with? Uh, specific teammates are hard, just because there's, you know, with with the, you know, you just have so many of them throughout the years, but. Uh, when I think back to just groups of players, uh, my last year junior, I went to Oshawa, uh, Oshawa Generals at, at the trade deadline uh, in the OHL. And um, just that group as a whole, uh, we ended up winning the Memorial Cup was, uh, you know, one of the tightest knit groups that, you know, I've played with and guys that, you know, I stay in contact with uh, weekly or, you know, throughout, you know, since then. Um, so just a, a group as a whole, I, it's got to be that, that Oshawa team that I played with was, uh, was a really fun, you know, fun group. On that team were Marty Brodeur's son, right, Jeremy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And John John McClain's son was on that team. No? He, so I think he came the next year. Uh, yeah, oh, the next year, okay. okay. Year, but uh, yeah, but Broads was uh, was one of our two goalies. And you stay in contact with him. I know just before this pause, he was headed off to England to play. Yeah, on and off, and then uh, you know during training camp, uh, you know one of the preseason games where I wasn't playing, he he was at the game and he must've seen me up with a bunch of the guys. And he, so he shot me a text and said, Hey, like, you know, come out of the, come out of the suite there. And, and there he was. So, uh, yeah, it's good. You know, it's funny how, you know, the hockey world really is a pretty small world. And, uh, you always seem to cross paths with, with everyone you've played with and against, uh, over and over. What's that like to, to win a Memorial cup? Uh, it, it's just, it's such a cool tournament concept where you have champions from all these leagues and then the host team and, you're at the pinnacle of your junior career and you're competing for that one trophy. That's got to be just an extremely special moment. Yeah. The Memorial cup is, uh, really it's, I mean, when I look back at some of my hockey experiences, I was lucky I got to play in three Memorial cups, uh, two in London and then that last one with Oshawa. So I mean, that tournament, those 10 days that you're in whatever city, um, you know, and the hype around it with on national TV and, um, you know, in Canada and just kind of the, uh, you know, the, the gravity of how big the Memorial cup is in Canada is, is an experience that, you know, when I, when, like I say, when I look back at the hockey, it's one of my favorites. Uh, I was so lucky that I got to play in three because it was just such a fun, you know, 10, 11 days of, you know, just excitement and, and everyone's in that same city and then the hype and everything. It's just such a fun, a fun tournament that uh, is a bummer that they're not going to be able to have this year. Where, where did you finally win it? What city were you in? And, did you get a replica of that one to put in? I mean, come on, the Super <laughs> Leagues have got to help out. These Matt, guys. Matty's all about the memorabilia. He's like, you have to have it. <laughs> I know. I wish I did. No, I didn't get a replica of that one either. Uh, just you know, just the championship rings. I guess that's what you get out of it. But uh, my my last it was my third uh, Memorial Cup of the Oshawa when we we eventually won it. So I guess third time uh, for me was a charm. And where was that? What city? That was in Quebec City. Uh, so we actually closed down the uh, the old arena there. We were the last game, uh, the last event that was going on there, you know, while they before they opened the, the new arena the next year. So uh, it's kind of cool to be a part of that, you know, that history. And, you know, that was a great, uh, great city to be in for 10 days and certainly to win it as well. What's what's your vice? We have Connor Carrick. He's been on the podcast twice. He's a huge coffee nut, just a, a borderline obsession with it. 
What's what's one of your favorite things uh, outside of hiking and those types of hobbies? What's 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 your vice? Is it binging? What what is? It? Yeah, not as much binging. You know what? I like to have little projects to do. I think uh, the more I sit on the couch, you know, eventually I get a little stir crazy, which uh, is kind of interesting in this quarantine. But uh, I like having little projects to do, uh, especially you know if you can get outside, whether it be you know just building something outside or a little bit of landscaping or something. You know, you just something to be outside and, and just have fun with that and. Um, you know, just keep, uh, have something to, to do and something to work with. Good carpenter? <laughs> learning, definitely not good. Uh, <laughs> learning, you definitely need a little work on keeping things always level and square, uh, but uh, better than I was a year ago, I'll say that. Hey, practice makes perfect. And when we get done with this whole period where we have to have social distancing, I got a couple of projects that you'll probably be better at than me. So, you know what, you can pick up your first gig here. Uh, yeah, if, if that's okay. So for all the traveling you've done, and we've gone through some of the stops, I think maybe, you know, other than the ones that you had professionally in Tucson, and then you're in, uh, in, in Phoenix or, or just outside in Glendale, and then New Jersey and Binghamton, is there a weird packing story, equipment not getting there story, hardship from getting point A to point B that at the time maybe frustrated the heck out of you, but you look back and go, man, that was crazy, but it was all kind of worth it. Oh, there's, there's actually quite a few, unfortunately. Um, you know, one was just a couple of years ago. We were traveling back after the season from Arizona to St. Louis Drive, and it's about a 24-hour drive, and uh, my wife and I both had our cars out there, so we would I have a truck, so we'd get a U-Haul auto transport, pull her car up on the auto transport, and pull it behind the truck. So, uh, so we were driving back, uh, driving back home, and usually halfway was Amarillo, so we'd always stop in Amarillo. Um, so we had our hotel booked. Uh, it was, you know, we've been driving all day. Or about 45 minutes out of Amarillo, the tire blows off on the U-Haul trailer. So it's getting dark. You know, it's we're in the middle of you know cow pastures, and there's no light out there. So. Uh, there's a lot of flooding at the time too. So we were off on the side of the road. It's getting dark. So I'm like, you know, I'll just call, you know, U-Haul is going to be an hour and a half or so until they get the tire fixed. And like, you know, I'll call the you know police, see if someone can sit out here, you know, since it's getting, you know, pitch black out here, these trucks are flying by. So uh, I called, I called, you know, there's 911. Hey, it's not an emergency. Just was hoping maybe someone could come out here and sit with us. You know, it's getting dark, blah, blah, blah. And uh, the gentleman says, where are you at? And so we were telling him and, you know, he's got this you know thick country accent. He says, well, son, I don't know how you got me. Uh, you know, I'm a, uh, a police chief in town of New Mexico, population 30 or something, you know? And he's like, I can't really help you. He's like, you know, if you, you, where, where are you facing? I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't know, east? Like, well, try hanging up and, you know, face south and try again. <laughs> I was like, what? So anyways, it was just kind of one of those, we ended up just pulling my wife's car off the trailer. We left the U-Haul on the side of the road and drove Tamarillo to our hotel and uh, U-Haul, to their credit, was great. They went and fixed it and brought it to us at our hotel. So uh, it's just kind of one of those funny stories where we were so close to, to getting to our, our hotel and we ended up uh, on the side of the road trying to deal with flat tire. Well, you never know who you're going to get when that signal can go anywhere at that moment, right? And right, exactly. Up- here, here he was. He was, you know, the police chief of, uh, you know, some little town in New Mexico. and He wasn't going to be able to help us. So uh, glad it wasn't uh, an emergency at the time. <laughs> So where do you go from here? What lies ahead immediately uh, for Dakota Mermis? Uh, well, I guess you have to wait to see what happens, but you know, how do you stay in shape, stay in contact, all that sort of stuff? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, obviously we're just waiting to kind of hear how, you know, how it goes with everyone, um, you know, as far as if we're going to be 
going back to New Jersey to, to finish some games or a neutral site or whatever it's going to look like. There's so much uncertainty, but yeah, I think just trying to stay in shape. That's kind of been, uh, you know, some, I always wanted a home gym at, in my, in my house here. So uh, it's kind of been something that's been a little project is putting the home gym together since uh, especially right now we need it. So uh, just working out at home, trying to stay in shape uh, as best you can and hoping that, uh, you know, we can get back on the ice soon. What are the necessities in the home gym? They gotta have it. I mean, I just ordered a, a, a cardio bike for just my, my den area, but what, yeah. what's necessity for you? That was exactly it. I think when we got back, I didn't have really a piece of cardio equipment here and uh, I'm not a big runner. I hate running. Uh, I'll do it if I have to, but certainly I wasn't going to rely on running every day. So uh, yeah, that was one of the first person we got back was, was an assault bike for home. And um, you know, every time I ride it, I wish I didn't have it. And then as soon as I get off, I'm glad I have it. But, uh, you know, it's, it's good to have that here that you can give yourself a good push and, and get the heart rate way up. I, I just, I have one more, you know, I know we're wrapping up here, but, uh, I'm just wondering, I'm curious why the devils, I mean, you come here in free agency, you, you sign the one year deal. Obviously there's opportunity, uh, with New Jersey, but, but what was it that motivated you to sign a contract with the devils and, and take that opportunity? Yeah, I, the Devils were really exciting uh, for me and my family when, when certainly we started talking with them. Um, you know, most of the conversation was with uh, Tom Fitzgerald and, uh, you know, kind of the strong emphasis that I think that they showed in, uh, you know, family first and, and then certainly their desire to, to grow a culture of, of, you know, close-knit guys that could play hockey and win. And I, I think they made a lot of good steps with that. Obviously, a bit of a disappointing year, but you see the success that Binghamton had down the stretch. Um, you know, that was the biggest thing, I think, was uh, their desire to, to bring in, you know, top-notch people, but also top-notch players. And I think their commitment to development and just giving you anything you need, I think the resources were there and, and they were committed to that. So New Jersey was such a, you know, great, a great place for us to come to. And, um, you know, we, we enjoyed every bit of it and certainly loved uh, our time in New Jersey and getting to, you know, kind of learn that area as well. We, we loved the Prudential Center and the fans and everyone in New Jersey and Binghamton alike. Last one for me, and we'll let you go. I know I asked you this on the radio side. Uh, Dakota is not a first name you hear often. At the time, you weren't sure why your parents named you such. Have you had a chance to ask why Dakota? No, you know what? I still haven't. Uh, you kind of reminded me. Maybe I should. I guess with all the craziness, I kind of forgot about it uh, the last time you asked. But uh, no, still nothing new to report on that front. I think, uh, you know, it's just a unique, fun name as far as I know that they liked. And, um, you know, it's definitely, it's been good for me because there's not a lot of uh, Dakota Mermises anywhere else. Pretty unique name. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, I mean, Dakota Fanning, I think, is the only other Dakota I know. I'm probably missing somebody else, the actress. And then my son and his wife have a dog, Dakota, so I don't know. We yeah, you run into more dogs, I think. I went to school with one, uh, another guy who was named Dakota one time, but uh, and then there was a guy I played with in the USHL that was named Dakota as well. So, uh, yeah, you don't, you don't run into him too often, but, uh, no, it's all the more fun. Fun name fact is that my dad wanted to name me Forrest. So I would have preferred, much preferred Dakota, and I'm glad that they settled on Chris. Yeah, no, it's great. It's funny little story, actually, though. My uh, my mom's, my grandpa on my mom's side, he, I was very close with him. But uh, when they first told him that they were naming me Dakota, you see, I think he responded to my parents, what? They named Dakota? Why do you just name him Delaware? You know, he, he, was, he was a little, uh, you know, hard to come to the, uh, the idea first. But uh, he was great and, um, you know, certainly came around to it. <laughs> well, Dakota... Thank you very much for your time. It's been great. Uh, you came in and made an impact with the Devils, and we don't know what the future holds, 
None of us do, but hopefully we will see you shortly in a devil sweater and that you continue this path. It's been a long and winding road, taking a little longer than maybe you had thought or hoped, but you know what? You've stuck with it and you've had success and hopefully it continues for you. And uh, uh, again, thank you very much for your time. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Fingers crossed we'll be back playing soon. Dakota Mermis joining us on the Devil's Pause cast. Uh, Chris Westcott, uh, thanks very much for your time as always and uh, looking forward to the next time we get together. Yeah, thanks, Maddie. Can't wait for the next one. And thank you, all you Devils fans, for your company and hockey fans. We appreciate it. Be well, be safe, and we'll talk to you next time. So long.